Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Generation Zenial. It's a Friday morning. We're live on Twitch. We're recording onto Anchor later on, so you can download on oh, it's all your favorite podcast apps, whatever you use. I don't really care. It's, it's up to Doesn't you. Doesn't matter to us. You just watch I'm, them. I don't listen discriminate. to them wherever. Now you can watch us on Twitch. Which, if you Five, really are into that, Friday you know? mornings, whenever we're able, to, we're able to do this. Yeah. Friday mornings at nine a.m. Whenever we're able to make it. Vinny, Vinny actually got his podcast, his uh, webcam to work properly this week. Yes. So, so you're looking at the camera and not off to the side in the distance, wondering, pondering the meaning of life. Well, I bought it. I bought, yeah, I got a new, I got a new webcam. We're ready to go. The new and improved General uh, Generation Zillennial podcast. Now, now I feel like that we're uh, on Twitch. I should do better lighting because I just I have like, about it. I just have this we one light. currently have zero views. Oh, uh, well, you know. No, I'll we keep you updated on that. We didn't really tell people we were going to put a view, I can put the I can put a uh, a counter on here to see how many people are actually watching us live on Twitch. Um, I don't know. Do we want to be depressed that early in the morning on a Friday or? No, nah, we got to We got to got to be in a good mood here, Keith. It's Friday. It's you know, nobody in my house wanted to leave the house today. My son, when my oldest That's son gets fair. home. He's like, I don't want to go to school. And my wife's like, I don't want to go to work. <laughs> but we all did. And it's like, but we don't want to go either, but we have to. Sorry. It's pajama day. Go put your pajamas on. There you go. Oh, I know. He was fine. You know, you got, you got out of the funk. Racing it's to the, the bus there. That's the hard part. Isn't it? It's the getting up, you know, you're comfortable and cozy in your bed. It's cold it's outside the bed. Especially this know. time of year. It's, it's you know, that hard transition. Outside. Although yesterday was gorgeous. It was, yesterday like, it was what, beautiful. Now it's, it's cold again. Now it's going to be 48 again. It was in the 60s yesterday. Was it really? Yeah, it was nice. What a nice day. Beautiful here in the Northeast. Uh, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the country because I don't do the weather. It's not no, my thing. Neither, neither do I. No real reason to track the weather in other parts so, of the world. So we got a big uh, big holiday coming up next week. We do. Big it's national we Thanksgiving. Ho- national holiday that... I don't know if you have done this over the years, but I feel like in our house, we kind of like changed what Thanksgiving really is to be more personal. That is like, it's, it's a, well, expand on that. Expand so on that my, my, my explanation of that is because, you know, growing up, we were, we were taught this narrative of that, you know, there were these pilgrims and then the, uh, the natives in the area brought, food for the feast for the harvest and they they sat down and ate together and that was the first thanksgiving and that was complete lie because the original and i I was learning about this the other day with more details the original um account of it you know the the settlers the colonizers whatever you want to call them um after harvests were shooting their firearms off and the natives came for a battle because they thought they were they wanted to fight. They did not bring food for the feast. They brought guns, or they brought weapons to fight. Um it was later on that someone rewrote what the oh, either the mayor or governor geez. had said and that we is what we rewrote history. And that that rewriting of like oh the natives brought food instead of coming for battle, like just changing that like one or two lines. That's what Lincoln you know, that's what he read and that's what he based nationalizing and making it a national holiday off of. Um, you know, no oh. fault to Lincoln because he probably didn't obviously at the time know the truth because, you know, we don't have as they didn't have as much information at the time as we do nowadays of 
you can just search things and talk to people. And also at the time we were, we were pretty actively, um, not allowing natives to do things <laughs> through the, I can't uh, believe that we white raw history like that, Keith, that, that, you know, that's never happened before. So, so what I mean is like, you know, I, I'm, you know, and it's also hard having kids that are young at this age. Cause they're, they're obviously in school and they're still teaching these narratives and they, they're correcting some things. Of course they're, you know, they, they've changed a lot of the books over the years, but you know, they're still probably teaching that peaceful part of Thanksgiving about the harvest and all those things and not what actually happened. Cause you know, the idea of Thanksgiving, of giving thanks, of having a celebration of being thankful for the harvest and all things, those are nice things, right? This is a good thing, right? So, yes. so that's why I say when and, I, you know, har- harvest festivals are not, um, new in any way right they weren't it wasn't it wasn't a new concept it's it's been something that's been going on for as long as as people for millennia for millennia for as long as we've had agriculture and we had a harvest there's probably been a harvest festival you know we have a cornucopia of food um so that's why i say you know i kind of gear it towards more you know when we when we gather as family and we, we speak at the table and we give a blessing. It's always about being thankful for what we have. We never really talk about the first thing. You know, we, we don't make the kids dress up and we do like, oh, well, yeah, right the first Thanksgiving. I, I, so I'm, I'm maybe, sure maybe certain people maybe do. I'm in the minority here when it comes to celebrating the holiday, but, um, you know, we do the whole, what do, you, what, do you, what do you give it thanks for? But we don't really make a big deal out of the actual um, Reason? The origin. They're the, the supposed origins of Thanksgiving. It's something, really something I never really thought of at the, at the dinner table. Honestly, we're just there to, to eat some good food and, Watch and be football. with family, family and friends. Uh, you know, football's on the TV. Honestly, no one even really pays attention to it, to be honest. No. A few people do. I shouldn't say nobody, but. We make some friendly wagers for like 50 cents and stuff. You know, you know if I got some, <laughs> you know, people on my fantasy football team going on it, and definitely I'm invested in that. No, we'll, we'll like make fa- friendly wagers within the family during the day. That's, that's cool. You know. We, we do play, we play games at the end of our Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. We dinner. always, and my, my side of the family anyways evolves into, uh, or devolves. I don't know how you want to say it into playing cards. We always play setback. I think I've heard, I know, I know of that game. It's, it's, if, it's, you it's, it's to, if you ask me the rules right now, I can only be able to. It's, it's it. an over three decade tradition. So <laughs> that's cool. Um, we actually have a over five year tradition now of playing a game called left, right, center. Oh, very familiar with, with Left Right Center. If you, if you know that game, I I, I have a fun story about that game. We have a pretty um, big Thanksgiving dinner um, set up, so there's usually at least like 25 to 30 people there. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, it's a As pretty a... it's a pretty big game of Left Right Center, and we and we play for quarters. Mm-hmm. But imagine that 75 cents with playing with you know 20 25 people. That pockets that pot, you know like it's that's decent. Pretty, that's a pretty serious game, you know, like 15 bucks in a game of Left Right Center. Yeah, I mean, all I had to put in is 75 cents. 75 cents, pretty good odds. That's a good buy-in for that. <laughs> I mean, your odds of winning are low, but your your return on investment is high if you win. But what should be uh, required viewing in schools? And, you know, if I was in charge of education, this is something that I would definitely push for is um, Adam's Family's Values movie. I don't know if you remember that movie from the 90s. I know exactly what it's seen now. I've never watched of, it. Uh, where they're at summer camp <laughs> and they do and they do a play about um thanksgiving and wednesday kind of takes over the play and, and sabotages it to to tell the true story about how the colonizers um basically genocided an entire race of people 
And uh, wow, they snuck that in there, huh? Uh, yeah, this was like you know mid nineties, early to mid nineties. I never, even, well, I never watched it, so I never realized. Oh they snuck no, that you in didn't there. know what I'm talking about. No, I did not. Definitely, at least go check out that scene. It's it's That's... an amazing scene, and uh, and yeah, they were calling out the the genocide of indigenous people in the nineties, in which is which is pretty based. It is. So that should be required viewing in all schools, and you know, as, as you know, as young as maybe kindergarten, first grade, watch that scene really hammer it to the kids say like listen this is this is what happened they didn't it wasn't it wasn't a, a, a joyous occasion like the colonization of, of america it was something that was very damaging to a lot of people and, and still is to this day so i just think at some point around like second grade they just started either like saying kids you know not everything about this all the time don't we? Not everything like that the, happened in the past is great well, <laughs> How we got I, here, there, there were bad people in the past and bad things happened and you know well, this is the, this is the hot topic in school, isn't it? It's like uh, they don't even necessarily talk about genocide. Yeah. Teaching, oh. teaching the um, the tragedies of of, mean, our, of our nation. And, and, to be and, fair, and well, instead, of, a, instead of instead of whitewashing them and and making them seem like yeah. they weren't like that big of a deal or minimizing the uh, minimizing the effects. We'll always talk and, about the tragedies of other nations. And we I you know we, we missed <laughs> the past couple of weeks, so we really haven't been able to talk about a lot of things. Like we it was one um, week, we, we missed one week a little bit, but. Um, you know, just how education is becoming a really like hot button issue. Oh my goodness. It's, it's and a lot of that, if if you really get down into it, is misdirected. A lot of it has to do with um, teachers unions. Oh. Right. Oh. So conservatives have historically been anti teachers union. Well, they're just anti union, period. Anti union in general, unless it's the police unions. Um, True. But, you know, this is this is nothing new. But they they're using this whole CRT argument now um, to kind of motivate their base to get on the school boards. And what people don't really realize is that the school boards don't control curriculum at all. No, that, that comes down from the that comes down from the state. Yep. So it's, school boards are basically there just to have some yep. kind of community. Um, the school boards design ability. They do right? zoning they're, and districting, bus routes. Um, yeah. You know, budgeting. You know, you know, hiring, hiring decisions. Um, basically, I think the most important. Well, they job hire a school. A school board has this is you know hiring the superintendent. Right, that's usually superintendent. Even done by an outside firm anyway. They usually they usually <laughs> use a consultant for that. And then the superintendent hires the principals, and principals hire the teachers. So right, which is why that's probably their most important role is to is to hire a good superintendent. And that's also why most uh, towns, you know, beyond board of education is like. Uh, some towns you don't you don't even get paid for it. It's just a, it's a well, voluntary. I think a, lot, a lot of towns you don't get paid for. It. It's just a voluntary um, position, you know. At least in our area, it's, it's all volunteer. Um, but the whole the whole backdoor angle here now is, you know, kind of now they're because the, the, the school board is also what negotiates teachers' contracts. Mm. Yeah. So this is a way to get to get people anti union people into the school boards. Therefore, they can now go after an attack. The teachers' contracts. So it's <sighs> and teachers so it just like, <laughs> you know it all it all ties in together. It, 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 it you know when you really look into these things like that's what you that, that's what you start to find and you, you always kind of find that. And yeah, teacher, teachers are over here just going. I'm just trying to do my IEPs, my evaluations, prep my students for the standardized testing, grade all the papers, track. You know, uh, um, do di- differentiated instruction for twenty four students. You know, it's like the teachers yeah. on their end; they're just overwhelmed. They're just trying to tread water, 
Yeah, not not to mention the, all the all the hurdles I've had to face in the past. Um, yeah, let, let, what are we yes, asking, like twenty uh, months now? I'm over here. I'm over here indoctrinating people. No, I'm over here just trying to get your kid to be able to read and write and, and do math. And yeah, I mean, most people most people know this whole CRT thing is not is a is a non-issue, right? It's not really something that's being taught in schools. Um, no, as, as I watch one person point out, CRT is really it's a it's like a college level curriculum. Yeah, it's, it's a class. It's intersectionality, and it gets really it gets really confusing if you really get down in the weeds of it. Like, but that being said, like that is starting to get tied into like how we teach history, and you know, just as we were starting to make a little bit of strides, because we were, you know, we we grew up in the, we talk about this all the time, right? We we grew up in the eighties. Uh, it was it was a different time. It was very especially nowadays um compared to nowadays it was very nationalistic um we still had a, we still had a little we still do have a lot of issues but you know 30 years ago we had a lot more issues that we didn't really address mm-hmm. um anyway i guess i guess my main my main takeaway here is that you know tying it back to thanksgiving is that we need we just started to do a better job of teaching the atrocities of, of this, of this nation and, and what we've done. And just as we're starting to make a little progress, people are trying to come in and knock down that progress. And it, it seems to be working. Well, don't um, forget, you know, talking about growing up in the eighties and nineties for our, our primary schooling, right. You know, your textbook that you had in history class in fourth grade or fifth grade, right. That history back book was already eight, 10 years old and was written yeah. two years before it was published. So by the time you get to history as a 10 year old in 1990, that book was written in 1978. <laughs> Cause yeah. it's not like schools can afford to get the new version of the book every year. Cause well, the argument there would be, you know, history isn't changing. You didn't change. Yeah, but, but the way history we write about history didn't change, but the way we talk about history is definitely changing. And I think that's, well, that's a good thing. Well, I saw a video, someone found a history book from like the 1950s or sixties and in it talking about slavery is like, talked about how like, you know, the slave is suburban and, you know, I can't say the word right now, but, um, and they are also, uh, enjoy it and all that stuff. And it's like, it was like, like slavery was good actually. And I think that's what a lot of people like want to teach. It seems like. And it's also, that's, you look how people are today. It's like, if you grew up and you were educated with that book in the fifties, like that was your mindset for how long. And it's hard to change that. Like, oh, that's what I learned in school. Um, but you look, hey, well, Pluto's not a planet anymore. Whole, well, you know, they they were they were savages, and we brought them out of the sat. And it's like, gee, they, oh, they were. You don't even recognizing like how racist that even like sounds, right? Uh, you know, I'll never forget. You see, I was thinking about this earlier, but you said savages now, and I just remember like in the eighties, you know, watching. I think there was like a western on TV, right? Like a old school John Wayne type Western. And they were the, the Indians were like, you know, um, shooting at them. And, and my dad saw what I was watching. He, he was like, Oh, the savages. Right. And he, he just offhandedly said it at the time. And now, and I look at him cause it's, it's a person that does change his thinking all over time. Cause like, you know, you go 10 years later, we're going to powwows at the reservation <laughs> and, you know, and, and, um, uh, and all that stuff. So it's like, not obviously not a long held belief, but just like looking at how it was presented and how people watched it and absorbed it. And like you go later on, 10 years later, it's like now we're going and watching them doing, you know, 
to a powwow and watching dances and drum circles and and participating. Well, and actually <laughs> learning about the culture and, right. and, and, and the, in the correct context instead of just be like, oh, they were, you know, they just they just scout people. And like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You look back and you just think, wow, like, you know, the, it's the, 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 scalping stuff that, the stuff that we were taught was just. And the scalping people know. thing was like, that's a white that's a white man thing, though. Of course they're they being paid because that was, you know, so first of all, it's just, I'm going to get on my indigenous people right now because we need, we, we need some indigenous people rants right now. Right, cause I wouldn't call them native America cause it wasn't America. You know, it was, they were just here. They were already here. They were indigenous. They were in here for tens of thousands of years. Um, well, that was always, that was, that was always an interesting argument too, about, I mean, we just had and, Columbus day recently. So Columbus and, didn't discover America. People were already here. <laughs> and, right? like, you know, and there were, you know, it wasn't like there was one group of people. There were thousands of communities across the country oh, speaking yeah. hundreds of different languages and, and, and having different traditions. So, you know what? Yeah. Just like any society, there's going to be good people and bad people. There's going to be people that are willing to be mercenaries and they're going to say, Oh, you're going to pay me to scalp your enemy. Sure. You can pay me money and I'll go scalp your enemy because they're mercenaries and they're, they're capitalists and want to make money and they're a bad person just because they're native American doesn't mean that that's what all native Americans do, but that's how it gets extrapolated. Um, in in the false history and movies and stuff like that. You know, even the term like, you know, native American implies that you're right. Like they they were all one group of people and they they weren't, they were, you know, they're like you said, thousands of tribes. Yeah. You have Um, the, the Mashitoks, the Lenape, the, the, the Shawnee. Just like you you had different, just like you had different (laughs) countries and different nationalities in Europe and you know, you had different tribes and, um, and, and and what was the United States, what is now the United States. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, this also goes back to the way we think about history and culture and kind of, I think, well, number one, the, the, you know, obviously the reason we're such a Eurocentric, we have such a Eurocentric history is because, you know, because of the genocide. Mm -hmm. Right. And what forced migrations. And well, and not only genocide in in America, but you know the slave trade in Africa, like that has a lot to do with that too. And a lot of that has to do with just um, technology. And I think what needs to kind of the paradigm shift that we need to make is um, equating like Europeans as a superior culture, because really it was just yeah, we were we had a little we had more technological advancement. And I think that's why, you know, obviously we were able to to, to do the genocide that we did. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking of as Europeans, um, but that necessarily doesn't mean it was it was superior. You know what I no. mean? And I think that's 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 what people kind of need to take take away from things a little bit. Well, well does, that gonna, was, does that make I, any sense? So I'm going to stress. I was having, gonna, this, thought, I was having this thought the other day. It's going to extrapolate on that because if you think about it, you know, one of our technologies that allowed us to commit genocide was a thing called gunpowder right which is something we got from china so the europeans didn't even create this thing that they're using they took it from somewhere well, else they used it they yeah they recognized yeah. it to, well it was, to, so did china but let's yeah just, but, just in a different way um, exactly so you know taking That's that is, thing that we don't teach at all really it's like a like asian history and what happened in in, in china and they're 
their their entire history. We really don't learn that. And like I think I learned it in college. Yeah, it's also I don't remember learning any about that in in high school or or primary school. It's also, I mean, one, yeah, we don't. We again, it's very Eurocentric. What we we learn Eurocentric world history first. Um, Again, it's look at who it's. It always goes back to look who's writing the book. If you have someone with European descent and they're writing the history book, they're like, oh, well, this is the most important part. Blah 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 blah. and also, it's you know, in school, you only have so much time to teach things, and you have to make a choice because there's a lot of parallel things that happen at once around the world. And it's like, how do I teach it? Do I teach it from this point out, this point out, or do I teach them parallel at the same time? Which can get confusing um, some people. So it's 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 a little. Uh, I always found it interesting. You got to make that choice when you're teaching history. Which part do I teach now versus later versus at the same time? Um, and also, if you think about China itself. China cut themselves off from the rest, rest of the world for a large part of history as well. So it was well, hard to I, learn. It I was think hard. you could argue <laughs> up until up until very recently, they were they were still cutting themselves off from a large right. part of the world in, in, well, a, lot, so in point, a lot of ways. And in a lot of ways, they still are cutting themselves off from a large part. So of my world. point, my point of that, though, is that it's hard to teach a history of a, a whole um, country when you don't have access to learn the history. Like you have a lit. If you, well, we, if I they, mean, we know what happened there. We like, know what happened, but like, we also don't know everything. We don't. You know, it's not no. like it's not like we have the okay. Library of Alexandria where we can learn all these things. I'll give you, so I'll give you that. But. Not saying we don't have enough information to tell history, but we also don't have as much information as we do other cultures. Yeah, I give you that, but you know, we haven't really. But it's, it's just the fact that we really don't talk about, you know, the Asian the whole. The, yeah, what, there's a word Asia, the, Asia Pacific, the Pacific. Uh, Asian Pacific. Asian Pacific, yeah. Yeah. We know what we're talking about. Yes, that whole area. We need to, to, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I I can't even, I don't even know much about it either because we didn't, we didn't do a good job of teaching How much do you know about Russian history? You know, non-European Russian history. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, Well, especially growing up in the 80s, it was just, oh, that was, that they're bad people. (laughs) I mean, we don't even, we don't even learn about World War II, like in the context of, of, you know, how the impact that, the Soviet Union had in, in World War II. I mean, we, we, I don't really remember learning in, in primary school about, um, you know, it was there was the Russians who really liberated a lot of the um, concentration camps and put a yeah. lot of pressure on on Germany. I'm just I'm thinking about what I learned where because I I just at the at a certain age I just indulged myself in all World War II history, so. Are you a World War II nerd at one point? Yeah, well, when the History Channel was big in the '90s, and that's like mostly what they showed. They they showed like it was the Hitler Channel, basically, because everything was a World War II documentary for a long time. So, I do know. um, Right, but you had to go out. Yeah, yeah, but you had to go out and and search that information for yourself. It wasn't because I think mostly what we learned about in school. Honestly, I think most of what we learned about 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 World War II. You learn about the, the treaties. No. You know, we, we mostly talked about the uh, Holocaust. It was mostly, about, you know, starting in fourth grade, I distinctly remember because you watched Escape from Soviet War in fourth grade. And um, so, we, you know, we, we were big on um, the Holocaust for many years in our school system. And that was, the, that was the main things that we learned about World War II. Everything else I think I learned about really outside of the classroom you know my you know especially being that 
my grandfather was a veteran. Not, I didn't learn anything from him specifically because he didn't talk about it at all. Well, not, um, nobody, nobody's grandfather did, did they? But, you know, I knew who he was. He was a gunner in a plane over the Pacific. So I learned about that stuff and I found it interesting. We had, you know, we had VHS tapes of the, you know, was four, five, uh, four, five, uh, set of VHS tapes. Each one was a different year of the war. And so I just personally indulged myself. So I, ha- I think I probably know more about it than my peers at the time, just cause I was interested in it. Right. Yeah, I don't think in school we really, t- you know, history was like ancient history, Egypt, Egyptian history, yes. European history, the cradle, the cradle of civilization. We didn't get the early, you know, early U.S. history. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I said it this time here before. I always, I think someone should try teaching history in, in a reverse. Instead of starting from the beginning, start from now and go backwards. Because yeah. you start with a question of like, how do we get here? And then investigate the history of how we got to where we are on a particular topic. I think, yeah, that's an interesting way. You know, I don't know how you do it, things. but I've, I've been thinking about that. I think you could just you could just teach history, but you teach it, and it also too, it's because I more think engaging. students might be a little more engaged in it in the beginning, because then you're talking about kind of more relevant topics, and then you kind of right. talk about how, you know, you, you talk about what happened, and then you talk about how it led into it, right? And then you can then you can go back and say, okay, this is how that led into what we just learned, and then talk about that history, and then go back and say, this is how that's what happened, because right. like we've talked about too, like one of our favorite games is Civilization. And when you play Civilization, you kind of like, obviously it's not a one-to-one comparison here. I'm not going to say it's this simplistic, but you do kind of realize that like decisions that you made early in the game Mm -hmm. or not even what you did early in the game, but how like forces, I mean, forces like other players, other civilizations, what they do also affects how your civilization develops. Yep. And, you know, obviously, like I said, it's not a one-to-one comparison. It's not going to, there's not, a, there's not going to be a, an answer for everything, everything in history, but you do kind of realize how history builds on, builds on itself because decisions need to be made based on what happened. Right. Well, well, who affected you and how it affected you and all that stuff. Right. But that's why, like, you know, yeah, if you're, like you I said, know, if you're, if you're on a, um, if you're starting a civilization game and and and, you, and now your goal is to like, I'm gonna, I want to, I really want to build technology. So I want to build education, blah, blah, blah. But then you keep getting attacked because there, you just happen to be surrounded by barbarians and, and, and another um, player who's very aggressive. That needs to switch now into, a, you need to switch your, your, your to defense. Yeah. You need to switch your civilization into more militaristic. And then how, and then that will affect how your civilization grows going forward. It, you know things like that <laughs> so no. so yeah i think te- teaching history in reverse is a um totally plausible um thing and maybe it's something we need to start trying i like it hey, you know, how, maybe, you should, maybe you should be on a school board how about that i you know i i have thought about you it you should run for school board keith for school board i just you hear it here first i don't have the time <laughs> <laughs> that's the biggest problem too isn't it yeah that is always that's always the biggest problem for everything is like oh i want to do this that and the other thing i just don't have the time um but yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. It's like, okay, let's take this thing here. Let's trace back the steps how we got to this moment. Why is this law specifically here? Why is this happening? And that you get more engagement that way. Because like in U.S. history, you know, I remember in high school we start at a certain point, and I was always like, when do we get to Vietnam? And we never got to Vietnam. 
you know, because that was more recent history. And that's something that impacted us more directly because, you know, we might know someone that was there or, or, or whatnot, and, but we never got to that. That was my parents' generation. Teaching about the Korean and the Viet, um, Korean right, and never, Vietnam Wars. Yeah, we didn't talk about that stuff at all. Um, go back to World War II. I will say that the best World War II film to watch um, about Pearl Harbor that shows both sides is Torah, Torah, Torah. Okay. Because that was made after the war was over and it was made in conjunction with Japan. So the filmmakers... Oh, cool. So it's told from both sides of the story at the same time. So you go back and forth between the U.S. and Japan leading up to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Um, and it's it's people, you know, they, they interviewed actual people from, you know, so military people from Japan partook in this. So this was, I think this was in the 50s it was made. Um, but it was probably the best balanced um, retelling of a military event of that scale. That I, I know of. Yeah, I'm willing to admit one of the biggest gaps in my knowledge is is history. Um, it wasn't something that interests me as a kid. Let's begin. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's something that um, I really don't know as much as I, sh- I should, I guess, or as much as a lot of people do know. Um, I'm I'm learning. You know. I'm, yeah. But that goes think- also too, like realizing that. A lot of the history we got taught in primary and secondary schools was a lot of garbage. Well, a lot of, like you said, it a, lot, a lot of it was a lot, a lot of whitewashing. It was a lot of nationalistic. America does no wrong. Um, you know, we barely touched on internment camps. Yeah, we didn't even talk during the World War Two. I don't, you know, I it was basically think- like, oh, we did this thing, but it was it was for it was for our safety and the safety of, of the Japanese people because the, a lot of yeah. a lot of the the rational. Re- the way people rationalized it was, oh, well, we didn't want people attacking the Japanese people because there was a lot of anti-Japanese sentiment at the time, obviously. So that we did it for their safety. Like that's, <laughs> that's obviously yeah. not true, but. Um, I can tell you, yeah, that's definitely not true. Um, but that's what people tell themselves to, so they can sleep at night. Well, that's what people told themselves to rationalize it even, even when it was going on. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'll, I'll even admit, like history that we were taught early on, like in primary school, like just the way it was taught, it didn't give you really the gravity of the situation. Like you didn't really fully understand what it was. And I, and I think part of it, I just, you know, especially when you're younger in elementary school, I don't think, I, I feel like adults think that kids can't handle things. Right, so which, they, is not, which is not true. So they simple, oversimplify it and they don't, and they leave out a lot of things. And they like, and they, and they try to like focus on, I remember when I stu- did my student teaching, like the things we were focusing on, I was like, I didn't know or remember this. And like, why are we focusing so much on this little fact about that instead of something bigger? Like well, one of the worst things, and maybe this is why I wasn't a, a, a history buff in, in school and then didn't really enjoy history was a lot of like like the date memorization and stuff like that was just why we, why do we, why do I need to know exactly what year? And now that the internet exists, we, nobody Definitely needs to know don't. anything like this. Cause if you want to look up the date, something you, you can look, you can real quick search on your phone and you can find what date the thing was instead of like, you know, yeah. 
instead of the, the, the consequences of the actions, we, you know, we, we had to memorize, we had to sit there and memorize what date the Magna Carta was signed. And then yeah. Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 or 1492. That would have been totally different. Um, yeah, that's the middle of World War Two. <laughs> it would have been very late to the game. That um, was, uh, I think, I think Patton was making his way across the desert at that point. Uh, but I don't know. It just goes back to this whole like big COTR, CRT argument and like how we should teach history. And I feel like just as we were starting to make a little bit of strides, people are people are knocking this down and making a big um, making a big stink. And it's 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 it's, it's going to inhibit our progress and. And what and for what? Because, like I said, a lot of all a lot of this is just to score political points and to um, oh. and to damage teachers' unions. And I'm a fan of teachers' unions. I'm a fan of unions in general. So. Right. I do think there should just, there as far as teacher unions go, there does need to be some modification as far as uh, you know because there's there's the loophole or the flaw I should say of where you have teachers that should be fired that don't get fired. You know, people that are tenured, but then they do, then they are like get accused of um, sexual misconduct or something like that, and it's very hard to fire teachers in certain school systems. See, this based is on contact gonna, after the tenure. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna anger my wife right now. So I'm, oh, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this. <laughs> you know, because she's one of her biggest fans. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, as she does, she's a school teacher and she's very involved in the unions and. Um, Obviously, people have a very, and, and I'm not saying you, but people do have a very um, misrepresented idea about what tenure actually means. Um, tenure basically just gives you workers' rights. And if a school district really wants to fire a teacher, they can do it. And it's it's not, it just, it does take some work. And that just has to do with the, how, how effective the administration is. Right, and a lot of administrations um, are very. If the administration fun. really does everything correctly. The teachers can get fired, right? Um, so, I just wanted to, you know, make a little counter argument to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I know they can. I just know it's harder. It, it is. And it, should be, it should be. It should be because you don't want it, teachers getting fired just because a new no. administration comes in and, and they don't they don't Absolutely. like the idea, or or you have a teacher that you know wants to teach. You know, absolutely history correctly and and you have a, a, an administrator that says well you can't you can't teach that slavery was bad it could upset the white kids and you know tenure should be able to protect things like that yeah i mean gross misconduct it, but is it, so is it, I, it does it make it difficult to fire teachers sometimes sure when, when um, i was getting my master's degree for education we were we talked a lot about like especially in new york actually there's like you know there are teachers that go and sit in a room all day and don't do anything but get paid because they can't fire them, but they can't put them in a classroom or they get shuffled between district and district because they're, they're misconduct, but they're still not firing them. Well, a lot of that reason is because the administration is negligent, right? Because yeah. I think if you if you find a teacher not doing their job, you, you can't, there are ways to get rid of them. You, I mean, you, know, it, you do, I will say that it, you do have to put the work in, right? You do have yeah. to... Um, Make sure you're disciplining the, the teacher correctly. You need to make sure that you're you're putting letters in their files. You need to make sure that you're following up with these things. And then if you can show gross misconduct, yeah, you, you can get rid of teachers. I, I, you know, I've known teachers that lost their license um, for for reasons that I won't get into. But you know, it does it does happen. Um, and yeah, but it just takes the administration needs to do their 
needs to do their job better. And it, it, and it really falls on, on, on their, on them to show that the teacher deserves to be fired. Yeah. I mean, obviously things like, you know, sexual misconduct needs to be handled like immediately. And, and. Well, I can also tell you on that, uh, that end, I'm not going to go into details about it, but I do know of a story where it's also, um, very easy for this is the other end of the spectrum, right? Um, take take a, a male teacher and a female teacher, right? And and one of them is the the male teacher has a senior position as far as like head of the department. And the other person wants to do, and they they always change it every year. But it's the principal's decision who gets the job. And the the female teacher, all they have to do is say this other person sexually harassed me, and then the male teacher is escorted out of the building. No evidence. The female teacher. Okay. 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 So this is where I'm going to, uh, obviously I don't know the details of the story. Oh, I do. Cause I know who it is. Right. I know you, yeah, <laughs> I know you do, but I will say, yeah, that, that if someone's accusing of someone else of sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, they should be escorted out of the building and then an investigation should be done. And then if it's, you know, and that teacher's still getting paid, right. We're not, we're right. not, you can't, you can't just, like you said, that, that also protects that that person from getting fired right away, right? An investigation needs to be done. You need to make sure that um, an investigation is carried out, and you find all the facts, and then and then you go from there. Am yeah, I wrong? there was there was never the investigation ended because the teacher was just too scarred from it and didn't want to go back to the school no matter what. Okay, well, that's because something they, that they, and then and then you know what? Then they also have legal recourse. But uh, um, and they were also advised by the union person that it was going to if they fought it back, it would be so hard because once you're accused, it's so hard to disprove it. Um, it just it's it was a little is, messed is up. Is it really? Is no, that, no. I, mean, I, I don't I don't know. About it, that. I, it was. I feel was like a, the opposite is true. Maybe in this situation. Yeah, I mean, in part I, of that, I've, you know, I it was always I just it's always been my it's, it's always been my feeling that it's it's. There's it's the, a lot harder to prove that the that the misconduct um took place when it does take place. So I like I said, I don't know. It's just it's also like there's a lot of details. Obviously, I just don't want I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to go into it. If if I could tell you the whole story, you would you would get a better understanding, but right. we're, we're gonna does, leave it does at that. It, does it happen? Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm it sure is. I'm sure I can I can even concede, yeah, I'm sure it does happen sometimes. But at the same time, I think um a lot of people don't go around accusing people of misconduct that don't do misconduct and, or don't have a reason for it. So that's, I don't know. I've seen, I've, I've seen a lot of Karen videos online that, that, that disprove that. Some Karen videos. Yeah. Of, of Karen saying that per, someone did something wrong when they didn't. Well, it depends what that thing is. <laughs> now we're getting, now we're getting a little more general. I know. Just, you always see those videos like, you know, some hysterical, like, hey, you did this. Well, I didn't, that, I didn't. Of that I'm just, just complaining about things that you don't need to complain about. Isn't oh it? my God. I hate those people. Like putting on a mask. Because guess what, Keith? I know we don't talk about it as much as we used to, but coronavirus still is not over. By the way, after a year and a half, I've gone back to paper masks. So I, I actually like them better. Yeah, I, you know, I, there's there's a good argument for that. They're a little well, bit lighter. Just, not only that, like just like a little like bit breathier. The fabric-y ones, like if you got a little bit of lint in there and then all of a sudden it gets in your tongue, it's just annoying. I've, yeah, I've had that issue. And I was playing volleyball. In my, I was I was wearing a cloth mask playing volleyball on Monday, and like uh, I was wearing the wrong one because when I breathed in, it like sucked against my mouth. And I couldn't breathe anything. 
And I was like, <gasps> um, I will say, I will give you that. Yes. Exercising in the cloth masks. Cause especially once they start sweating, it gets a little bit heavier and yeah. it's harder, harder to breathe in. So I think the, um, the surgical masks are, better for exercise yeah i had to like take a stop and like pull my mask away just so i could get air real quick and put it back on like i just pulled it like, booster shot a nice. me too which one'd you get jane j are you boosted with jane j the janison oh, yeah you know, i had the jane j originally and then you didn't cross over and get the uh i didn't cross over um honestly no, I they i'm not sure if they really gave me that much of a choice i crossed the streams yeah um, speaking of which this morning just this morning between walking from the car to my desk, I saw the headline that the FDA approved boosters for all adults. I saw that was coming. Yes. Yes, but so it, no, it so, happened this yeah, morning. Public service announcement: If you can get, if you if you're if you can get the booster, go get the booster. It's if you're six you. months after Pfizer or Moderna, get boosted. If you're two months after J and J, get boosted. There was a really good um, video I was just watching. I actually watched um, two videos on it. You know. You know who Steven Crowder is? I don't. Good. <laughs> He's the change my mind. You know, you ever see the meme? Oh, that's him? The, oh, the guy that's sitting there with the He goes to college campuses and he's like, change, like, here's a stupid topic. Change my mind. And people try to change his mind. And, and then he'll, he has his little notebook in front of him. And he has his college student, tries to argue with college students. Um, but there's a really good video of him going around um, that he posted. Well, obviously, I don't, I don't watch his videos. I watch people reacting to his videos, which is way more entertaining. So basically he's on the street in Texas and he's, he's, he's going around asking people about um, vaccines and mask wearing and mask mandates and vaccine mandates, blah, blah, blah. And this woman absolutely schools him uh, <laughs> on, on vaccines and, and masks and why she's wearing a mask while she's vaccinated. And she had COVID recently. Um, and basically his argument goes, Everything, everything, basically, she said he he leaves and goes. Well, that she she was just lying about everything. She was just wrong about everything because he got owned in this in this debate. Uh, not really, it wasn't really a debate. It's just two people talking on the street. But um, but yeah, I, I suggest anyone listen to go to go search that out um, and get boosted. Anyway. Yeah, it it um, because yeah, there's I don't know. It, it just there's so many weird like ideas out there that people have about immunity and like the, because for some reason people got it in their heads that the vaccine was going to be like this miracle thing that got rid of the the disease entirely um which i don't think anyone ever really said they said it, you know no. obviously if everyone gets vaccinated it'll it'll help this it'll help stop the spread like immensely which has been proven right. um it'll stop serious um, getting sick series like death and hospitalization which has been proven just like um, the flu shot you know it's also been proven that natural immunity isn't as long lasting as people said it was um if you do have covid if you did get covid and um there is a strong immunity like shortly after being sick but if you don't die yeah if you don't um, die obviously if you if you don't die from it, you do have a you do a short period of time there where you are you are heavily immune to to coronavirus, and that also doesn't count take into account variants because obviously if you get sick with one var- um, strain of COVID that only protects you from that strain of COVID, or the vaccine seems to do a better job of protecting you from all strains of COVID. So so I don't know. So go you know 
do your research, as people say. Do do your do your do your due diligence out there. Oh, but am well, I get do vaccinated, re- get boosted. It's good for you. It, that's the if you want to protect your immunity. And by do research, I mean listen to actual scientists yes, don't that just, have done the actual research and trials yes, and data don't collection. Go on Stephen Crowder's YouTube channel and go, "Well, I did my research." Stephen Crowder says. <laughs> Unless unless you are doing clinical trials and data analysis, you don't do research. <laughs> now, now here's now here's a here's my hot take on the on the mandates. Okay, I don't think the government should be able to mandate that you get a vaccine. That being said, I do think that you should be word, withheld from attending certain events without being vaccinated. Um, that includes events like schools, <laughs> right? right? We have well, we have vaccine mandates for schools currently. Right, so I you have can no have- no problem adding the COVID vaccine to that mandate for schools. Right. Um, there's, you know, there's, cause there's a lot of argument cause right now in the city, in New York city, when I say the city, um, it, you still, you need to be vaccinated to go to restaurants, to go to, to go to Broadway, to go, you know, to, to games. Mm-hmm. I just um, bought tickets to a show in uh, February or March. We need a uh, vaccine. And I, that's, that's not really a mandate, right? That's, no. that's saying, that's a, if you want to go to these things, you need to be vaccinated against a very contagious disease, which and, is fine. And it's, uh, and it's perfectly okay for a private company to mandate what you have to do in order to enter their building. Yeah. If you're going to a private event, you know, you're paying, even it doesn't matter if you're paying money, you know what, the money is a state sponsored event. We still have the right as a, as as a, as a democracy, as a state to limit who, who can attend that on on vaccination status. You can't limit things on like race, religion, creed. What I mean is once um, you leave your house and you want to go to someone else's house or someone else's property, someone else's venue, they have every right to mandate what you have to do in order to enter that building. Yeah. You have to have a shirt, shoes, and pants on to walk into a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just want to make it clear too, because now people are trying to like conflate vaccines with things like, you know, race and gender, and <laughs> like they're saying like a religion, like the, oh, right. I, it's like, whole, oh that's like, just a, that's whole, racist. Like, we're second, we're being treated like second class, like I'm the unvaccinated being treated like second, second class citizens. Like you're not making a, a decision to do that, right? Right. If you if you are a certain color or a certain gender or a certain religion, uh, well, j- religion you can make a choice. Religion you can make an argument, but but still, even someone as you know as atheist as I am, and 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 based, honestly, anti-religion, I am not a fan of religion in general. I know we've had this discussion before, but I'm not going to exclude somebody because of your religious beliefs. Right. Right. But also, you know, like. Back to our previous comment point, though, it's like you don't get to choose the color of your skin. You don't get to choose right. the gender that you are. Those are those are things that you are. Uh, so if you discriminate against that, yes, that's discrimination. You get to choose whether or not you had a needle put in your arm. That's your choice. Right. Do it or not and do I, it. And that's the thing. I don't, you know, as, as much as I would like to be an authoritarian on this and to go around just and just jabbing people with vaccines, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Uh, can we do blow darts instead? <laughs> I just want to like listen. Don't give me any. Don't give me any ideas. Don't give me any ideas. Um, what so was yeah. that? Nothing. Nothing. So I know. I know. I know. We're running a little short on time here, and 
Um, yes. I, we have to get to, to, to Mr. Kyle Rittenhouse, I think, a little bit. I don't oh, know how closely you've been yeah. following up. I'm sure this, this, day, day this is not a fun. This is not a fun topic. Day four of deliberation. I'm really surprised that we are this far into the deliberations and we haven't had a verdict. Jury yet. to return for four. Um, I appreciate them waiting to us to get to our podcast, but um, but yeah, that was that was a joke, Keith. I I, yeah, sorry, I was reading yeah. a headline it, about the thing at the same time. I'm it sorry, it, 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 it fell flat because I was did. listening. It's fine. <laughs> Um, yes, they wait till they wait until our podcast to, to to make a decision because they oh, I got a headline sure right now. A chance to talk about it, right? It's like oh, right on my phone right now. It because I'll be honest, I really haven't been following the trial um, that closely. Um, from what I, from the commentary that I've been reading and, and, and watching, it seemed like he has a decent claim to self defense. I think the argument really becomes. Did he put himself in that situation? And also, too, I don't think people realize that there are, you know, there are five different counts um, that the jury needs to decide. So it's not right. just like, well, that's it, probably why it's taking four days, you know. Right. Yeah. That, I think that's why it's taking a long time. I, thought, and also I, think the it, prosecution. I think it's very interesting that the jury was requesting um, the video and how many the defense was actually trying to limit how many times the jury could watch the video. And the judge knocked that down. Good. It's one of the few things that he seemed to be on the prosecution side about, which oh, the pro- is a whole so, other story. A lot of people are talking about take take you know, your time, the, son. the sussiness of the judge. Take your time. But um, I, I won't really get into that because that's a whole other topic that well, we can so, talk to talk about for days. Yeah, but, the, the prosecution totally put up more than one account, you know, more than one charge there because they knew if they just did it on just self defense, they could lose that. So you have to. Well, have, right, well it's not. Yeah, if they just did the one the. Because the original, here's the story. Here's the timeline, as I understand it. Let me correct me if I'm if I'm mistaken here. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse put himself in a situation where he was confronted by counter protesters. Well, to his pro, okay, protesters were protesting. Um, you know, for Black Lives Matter. Kyle Rittenhouse kind of inserted himself in this position where he says he was there to protect businesses mm-hmm. for some reason. Bootlickers got to lick boots, I guess. I don't. I don't know. And someone attacked him, which is fine. He tried to get away, couldn't get away. Shot that person. The pro, the other protesters saw this kid shoot this person, then went after him. Mm-hmm. Because of that, he then shot another person. Mm-hmm. So. And then other shots are fired. Then he leaves. He goes to surrender himself to the cops. The cops really don't seem to care, <laughs> which is a, which is another weird weird situation that I don't fully really understand. Um, and then proceeds to, to go home. And charges are brought against him. He surrenders, and here we go. Is that is that kind of the basis of this, as you understand it, or am I missing? Yeah. But but I like I I like the beginning part though is where he lives in a different state and decides to get his mom to drive him. Yeah, that, that's all kind of weird. I heard, state I, lines. I heard his father works in Kenosha. You know, I mean, it's really it's and and it's not that far. It'd be like living on the Connecticut border and going to Massachusetts. Right. It's, right. But at the same time, you're. It's not like it's your local community. It's not like he just walked out the door. 
He had his no, yes, he, he did. Yeah, I think that's yes, he had to drive a distance. Like this but was the question is, does he have a right to do that? And I think it's well, hard to argue that he doesn't have a right to do that, right? Does he? But okay, so defending your own property or your neighbor's property is one thing. To become a vigilante where you're traveling across state lines, especially when you come to gun laws and things like that, you know, you have a line about gun laws, like. You know what's the law? Well, the gun charges were thrown out by the judge, which I thought yeah. was really interesting too, because I didn't right. know. I didn't even know seven. Apparently, seventeen-year-olds can carry AR-15s. So, so that you know, you have that part, and then it's like, and then you know, and and for you know, I'm going to extrapolate this. I don't know what was going through the heads of the people that were trying to get to him, but from other videos and other accounts I've seen, it's like a lot of times when these protesters see someone that has a firearm. They're trying to get that away from them so they don't hurt anybody. Sure. You know, and that's probably what was happening. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, Which is, but again, too, does he have, apparently he has a right to carry that firearm, which you can debate if that's, if that's right or wrong. Um, I think, but I think that's where it comes down to what, because yeah, did he, did, did he put himself in a position that got him into trouble? And I, and, and the problem with that argument too now becomes like, you know where where does where does the victimhood start, right? So, mm. right. <laughs> you know, if he if he has a right to do that, which which I can I, I can actually kind of agree with that he he does have a right to do that. Um. You know where 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 does he now become a victim of assault where he needs to defend himself? It, that can kind of be a gray area. It, 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 but it does seem like, and I really thought this was going to happen a lot faster because it really does seem like he, not, not that I think he did the right thing, but he, he seems to have the, the self-defense argument does seem to like hold water here um, for the first shooting, at least. Okay. Um, what happened afterwards is could be another story. Um, Cause there's even a couple counts of reckless endangerment for f- shooting at people. Um, that he didn't hit. So, you know, that's, I think the jury's kind of looking at those lesser charges as well and, and, and seeing if the, seeing if those are um, valid mm-hmm. charges. So yeah, it, it is a lot more confusing. Than I think that people are making it out to be, if you really look into it. Um, Cause honestly, I, f- during the trial, I really didn't look that much into it. It's been like now, now that they're deliberating, I've been kind of looking at the, you know, what was said here and there. Um, because honestly, I didn't think that I didn't think the jury was going to be deliberating for this long. It seemed like it was kind of like from what I've been, like I said, what I've been seeing and watching, it seemed that they were going to be like, he, he was going to be found not guilty on all, on all counts pretty, pretty quickly. Um, that hasn't been the case. And usually um, if you follow trials, the longer the jury deliberates, usually that's good for the defense. But in this case, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I I'm not sure how it's gonna go. I have a feeling. I still think he. I still don't think he's gonna get charged. With, um, he's gonna be found guilty on the charges. To be honest with you, maybe maybe some of the lesser charges like the reckless endangerment, they might find him guilty on. But um, I'm I'm this what really concerns me. And I know we're running late on time, so I'll make this really quick. Mm-hmm. The, will this create an uptick in? I want to say faux vigilant faux vigilantism. So that, that was what I was going to say is that you have the, the, the problem here is again, we're going back to history, ready? Because of how we've glorified 
our history is like the even going back to the American Revolution of how we said, you know, it was the farmers and the this and then that that stood up against the army, right? So it's it's empowering the common person to take up arms and fight against and defend against what they believe is an injustice. So and when you're young, when you're 18, 17 years old, you're, you know, that's the reason why armies are young boys is because they're easy to send to fight because they're willing to do it. You know, um, and when we have, uh, when we teach history that way, and when we have, let's be honest, media and movies that glamify the, the Lone Ranger and the, not literally the Lone Rangers, but like, you know, the individual vigilante that goes out there and serves justice and defends people. Um, and you grow up with this and this is the way you're taught. And it's like, oh, well, it's my... It's my time to do something. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to grab my AR-15. I'm going to go up to this place. I'm going to defend businesses. Um, even, ba- even Batman. I mean, we you know we're yeah. big comic book fans. We can, we can superheroes are vigilantes, right? But right. they're you know, but they're fictional characters. You can you can write you can write morality into that into that story a lot easier than than real you, life. You can, and that's in and there's and there's consequences to his vigilante as well. You know, so it's but that's the problem. We we have whether it's through the way we teach history or the media and things like that and what people consume and people are taught to believe about militias and defendants and, you know, second amendment rights and defending against our country and tyranny. Um, yes, there's a time for that, but also when you think any small injustice is that time, then where does the, where does the line start and stop for when it's time to take up arms against everything? You know, when, when's the next time, someone walks it, you know, look at the other trial that's happening at the same time right now. Um, and I'm very sad that I can't remember his name at the moment, um, of the jogger who was murdered by, thank you. You know, you know, being murdered by three people because they're being vigilantes and trying to make a citizen's arrest because they thought he was a robber jogging down the street. And even, even the narrative with that, because I mean, this is totally side topic and I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but we're, we're calling it the, the Ahmed Arbery trial, and he's not on trial. He's not on trial. He's he's he's, he's unfortunately uh, deceased. Well, the, the, um, the only the only I don't even so, know the names of the of the of the of the people charged in, in this murder. And, and that's kind of, that's just like a weird that. narrative that we that yeah. we call it his trial when he's not the one on trial. Um, but that, that's trial a, that's, a whole, that's, a, that's another that's another topic. But, but yeah, also, I guess my main also, concern of this whole Rittenhouse thing yeah. is: are people going to use? The verdict, and then, like I said, if he's if he's found not guilty, which at this point I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's going to be the case. Um, are they going to use this as a a means to antagonize protesters in order to have a self defense claim? Right. You know what I mean there. Yeah. Um, and that that could be very dangerous to very dangerous for a lot of people. So. All right. Well, on that note. Yes. We didn't get to talk about anything fun today. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy, have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your favorite meal, watch, whatever part of the meal that is. family values, um, <laughs> especially especially the, the scene oh, with okay. the with uh, the, 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 the play that they put on at summer camp. We love it. Anyway. And have a good week. We'll have catch a good you week, next everybody. time. Um, we, I, I don't know if we're going to be back next week because it's the holiday weekend. I might have to work on, on Friday, unfortunately. Wow. Well, um, I have for, no for a change. Keith is the usual one who has to work. That's why we have to cancel. I, but I will I, not be working be, Friday. It might be my turn to have to actually go to work. I will, we'll, we'll keep we'll posted. We'll figure it out. Um, but be on the lookout. And, All right. uh, until next time. 
Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. See ya.